Hey everybody, how's it going? Chris here with the Veteran Welding Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, today we have a return guest, one of our first ones, uh, Julie Wheeler with WMC Co. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the difference between partnership and sponsorship and how to make that work in your own company, wheelhouse, however you want to look at it. Vetro Welding is your go-to site for your off-road fabrication needs. Need some race-tested brackets, tabs, and trusses for your daily driver, weekend trail rig, or your full tube chassis? Veteran Welding has you covered. Need advice on which parts you should use for your project rig? Veteran Welding has you covered. Or do you want to learn how to weld, but you can't find anybody to teach you because you really want to start expanding your skill set for either work or your personal projects at home? Veteran Welding now has you covered with our online courses. Currently, we offer a TIG 101 course and we'll be adding a MIG 101 soon. For all of your off-road fabrication needs, head on over to veteranweldingcompany.ca. Hey everybody, if you're enjoying this show, please consider heading over to Patreon and supporting this channel. It doesn't matter how much you decide to support us with, it all goes straight into the show so we can sit there and spend more time on here helping you guys out, whether it's bringing you more interviews, talking to industry leaders, systems that we are developing, putting into place, helping you develop systems, manage your team. That's what we're here for, guys, is to help you out. So please, if you are getting value out of this, head on over to Patreon and help support us. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Chris here with the Veteran Welding Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today. Uh, today, we have a return guest, one of our first ones, uh, Julie Wheeler with WMC Co. Now, um, if you don't know who she is, go back and listen to her episode from season one um, and you'll figure out who she is, okay? But today we're going to be talking about uh, the difference between partnership and sponsorship and how to make that work in your own company, wheelhouse, however you want to look at it. Because there is a difference. I, When Julie and I first started talking about this, uh, going back and forth, I was using those terms interchangeably and it was confusing the hell out of her because they're <laughs> two completely different things and they're not just in terms but also in what you're trying to achieve. Uh, like the difference between racing and driving. One is just going from point A to point B while another one is illegal if you do it on the roads. <laughs> anyway, so welcome back, Julie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. I was like really honored that I got asked back. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Um, so thank you for coming back. I uh, really appreciate it. And part of the reason why is one to talk about this, but with last year being the kick in the nuts for everybody, you have with first from firsthand experience, not only helped keep my motivation high, but also sat there and opened up a lot of doors. Like I'd throw ideas at you and you'd be like, no, that's horrible, that's horrible. That is gold, <laughs> but we need to do these things differently. And I would like to, for the listeners, for them to understand where that, the difference between partnership and sponsorship and at least get a grasp of how they can incorporate it into their, their goals, their dreams, their company, so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, first I'll start with like, um, with explaining the difference between the two. So when it comes to partnership, oftentimes this is used for um, in your day-to-day -day business. So if you're partnering with somebody, it usually is happening in terms of oftentimes right now what we see with businesses is like partnering with people and other businesses that have similar clients to you 
but you're not competing in the same space. So you partner with um, what we call referral partners who share your same ideal client. And oftentimes what that looks like is, you know, cross-posting each other's products, um, giving shout-outs to each other on social media, um, and that allows you to actually access their clients um, without competing in the same space as they do. And so, for example, you would look at somebody, I'll use you as an example, so you're in welding. However, a good partner for you is somebody who you use their equipment. And so you're not actually competing for the same ideal client, but you're actually what you teach in your courses or the products that you service, services or will service welders. However, say for example, you don't sell flannel shirts. But yeah. welders wear flannel shirts because they need them in the shop or anything like that, or you know, safety gear, all that kind of stuff. And so you have the same client, but you don't actually compete in the same space. And so that's what partnerships look like. So like a high-end barber with a high-end tailor would have the same customer who appreciates high-end service. 100%, 100%. Um, same with like something as simple as like, if you sell a really high-end shoe, you could probably partner with a really high-end clothing company. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So because you know that that ideal client is looking for all those things. And this goes back to actually to the last podcast where we went really in depth into understanding who your ideal client is and how important it is. And here's another example of why it is important because your partnerships, you won't be able to go after them if you don't know who your ideal client is and what other things they may need. Exactly. Yeah. And so that really is like what partnerships look like. They look where it's a, a mutually beneficial win-win for both businesses. Um, sponsorships are a little bit different because sponsorships usually come in the form of where you will receive something in exchange for a monetary donation or things like that. So I'll use an example of running an event because a lot of times most people can wrap their head around this in terms of sponsorship. So Say, for example, you are throwing an event, and can I use the the four buying the four by four event that yes, yeah, yeah, so if you're throwing a four by four event, you will want sponsors who will help you cover the cost of that event, and what they'll get in return is they'll get their banner put up, you know they'll have mention of the sponsorship, however, it's not in the same way as a partnership. Partnerships are often ongoing. Sponsorships are often one time or they are more of a situational basis. Um, does that make sense? Like it's a, you sponsor have a confused look on your face. No, 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 <laughs> no I, I, <laughs> the, I, ju I just had a thought come in. You can put this into like relationship terms. So a partnership is a marriage or anything long term. A sponsorship is a one night stand. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> I thought you were going to say divorce lawyer, but I, <laughs> e either one works. Either opportunity works, as yeah. an example. Yeah. Um, however, yes, it's often in regards to a situational event that some that you're looking for sponsorship in. And <laughs> partnerships, often what you do is you build a partnership package that is ongoing yeah. and long-term, and you're um, creating outcomes for both parties. Whereas sponsorships, oftentimes what you're doing is you're creating levels mm -hmm. of sponsorship and then you build packages 
So you build a package for a sponsor, say, for example, in your event, if you have um, gold, silver, and bronze levels. The gold level, they'll pay more for their sponsorship. However, they'll get their name put out in more places. So that's a little bit of the difference between the two of them. Okay. Um, And it really does – that one – sponsorships are also kind of funny because you don't necessarily have to have the same clientele. Mm-hmm. or the same ideal client for a sponsor to be a part of your event. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Now, affiliate marketing, that would fall under the partnership mm-hmm. s- yep. side of the house. Yeah. Okay. Affiliate marketing is a mutually beneficial partnership Yeah. in terms of like the affiliate will make a commission off of a product that they don't have to um, come up with. They don't have to, you know, house the inventory any of that however they also only make a a percentage of a commission or they only make a commission Mm -hmm. and then um the affiliate um company they don't have to necessarily spend money on marketing Mm -hmm. because their affiliates do a lot of it for them and they get to keep a a bulk of the sale yeah so um yeah it definitely falls in the partnership category okay cool now Now, how would you start off on this? Like, when, when you, for, like, if you were uh, essentially walk somebody through it where it's like they have no idea how to go about this, how would they do it? Like, if they weren't going to do it, sorry, let me restart that. How would somebody do this? How would you... Let's try this again. So, <clears throat> and honestly, I'll be honest, I, I, you hit the nail on the head, and it's just like, now I'm kind of scrambling for questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so how, how would somebody start incorporating this into their system? Like you mentioned how you um, partnering with, I'll, I'll, I'll use the, the barber and the tailor, for example. Looking at... <clears throat> um, somebody that would have a customer that appreciates the same level of quality or going after the same uh, personality type, all right? But how would you? How would somebody go about approaching them, like sitting there and saying, hey, I want to get into business with you or strike up this mutual relationship? I, I, I want more than a one-night stand, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great segue, Chris, because... Yeah. <laughs> Really what it comes down to is generating and building a relationship. Okay. Um, So a big part of partnerships comes when both parties can win from being in that partnership. And so what it boils down to is really like I'm a big fan of multiple forms of revenue coming into your business Mm -hmm. um, because it just gives you an element of security um, in terms of cash flow. And so I think for any business, that's huge in terms of if you, you know, if you have done any business or anything like that, cash flow is always the king. Yeah. So um, partnerships are great for this. And especially like the ability to have affiliates right now and or be an affiliate marketer is crazy beneficial because if you're already working on building a community or a following or things like that, especially using social media, 
um, that community and that group of people that you are in front of every single day um, becomes monetizable. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's a word, but <laughs> I'm going to make it a word today. <laughs> but you, can, you, you can monetize it. Yeah. So um, what, it, what I would recommend is anybody who's looking for this needs to go through and figure out who their ideal client is. What is keeping them up at night? What problems their products solve for them? And then on top of that, now they have to go a little bit deeper and figure out what else is keeping them up at night. So say, for example, you know, your client is, we call him Car Dude. I yeah. think we talked about Car Dude on the last um, episode. Car Dude is working on his car. He loves to get his hands dirty. He's doing most of it himself. He appreciates the work. And he appreciates really good quality parts that go into his vehicle that he spent so much time in. Mm -hmm. Well, on top of that, he probably has a shop space. And he's probably looking for good quality tools that yep. will help him complete these jobs. He's also probably looking for a sound system or something that he can listen to while he's in the shop. Um, protective gear, all of those things. What's his job like? You know, is he working nine to five or is he a shift worker? All that kind of stuff. If he's a shift worker, does his his gear go from his daytime job into the shop? So like, is he able to afford the quality? So then you would start looking at like, okay, safety gear. Like yeah. what, you know, what kind of safety gear is he using? You're starting to compartmentalize everything. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so you start to break down where his challenges are or mm -hmm. your ideal client, whether it's a he or a she. Um, you start to break that down into what their challenges are because then they're going to go looking for those companies. Mm -hmm. But if they can find links to some of these products because they already follow you, why not capitalize on sharing that? So then that's where you things come in like partnerships or um, affiliate links or things like that because, you know, for example, you like you're in a, an industry where hearing protection is really important. Mm -hmm. What other kinds of industries use that same hearing gear? Yeah. You know, and so you could go into like expanding your even your following, knowing that you have some of these things in common. And the more you grow your following and the more you expand on the amount of people you're in front of, the more valuable you become as a partner. And okay. so people want to partner with you. And so for companies looking for partners, we, you know, and I think we're going to touch base on this in another podcast, is this influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. Because when people start to follow you and you build that following and they start to build that trust factor with you, yeah. then they start to like, oh, well, Chris recommended this. I'm totally going to check it out. And then a great thing is like if you can offer a little bit of a discount so it entices people to buy through your link, Yeah, um, that's even better. Like, And that happens quite often. You know, A lot of places will give people 10% off of the fir first purchase or things like that, but you still make your affiliate income. Yeah. Um, so that would be where I would recommend starting is really understanding who your ideal client is and then understanding who, like what else they they need in their life and how you can become a referral partner. That's what we actually term it as a referral partner um, okay. to that client. So like 
for example, I know I know I haven't used the term referral partner until now, so I'll just give it a quick reference point. Um, a referral partner is somebody who shares the ideal, cl the same client as you. Okay. And so you would refer like, oh, hey, like, I don't know if you've ever tried out the, these flannel shirts, but they're awesome. Yeah. And so that you would refer it to that company. That's why we call it a referral company. Or to put it in terms for like the welding and fab guys. For me, I can do roll cages, till the roll cages, frame modifications, axles, the whole nine yards. But when it comes to exhaust, do I know how to do it? Yes, but that's not my, that's not my bread and butter. I'd mm -hmm. send, ideally, if somebody wants like a high-end exhaust, I would send them over to Unobtainium in Strathmore because that's his bread and butter. Mm -hmm. We do the exact same thing. Correction, correction. We have the exact same skill set, just different specialties within it. And you work on the same vehicle. Yes. Or things like that. Like, so you could even look at it like your ideal client's the vehicle, right? You all cater to different parts of the vehicle. If that uh, helps people's like think of it in a way of like, I got the body, you got the drive shaft. I have no idea if I'm using the right terms. I apologize. You got <laughs> the exhaust, you know, you got the roll yeah. cage, that kind of stuff. Okay. That that makes sense. I never I never thought of it as the the object you're working on is the client. Mm -hmm. That's throwing off a bunch of light, <laughs> light bulbs in my own head. <laughs> well, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, when it, it's all the pieces that go towards creating an ideal experience for your client or the vehicle. Like, if you think about it, like when you all work together, that car works magnificently. Because you've all worked in your zones of genius. Yeah. But when you work together as referral partners, you're giving the best experience possible. Okay. We're going to talk about more about this afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fun. All right. Uh, because we don't have enough gold on our plates already. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I have this one client. I love her. She always says, oh, you're just managing your blessings. <laughs> I think you mentioned her last time. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite. Yeah, there, there's probably a couple times a week I'll sit there. Julie, what do you think about this? <laughs> Julie, what about that? How are we doing on this? Can we start on this yet? <laughs> if I if I had a dollar for every email I get like the, like that from any of my clients, man, I would have a whole residual income coming in just based on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, now I gotta try and pull my head back into the back into this little square um so when you're sitting there and you're approaching people for part or um partnerships there mm -hmm. we go um what are some of the things they should not do like it is like complete they, they, they'll open it up look at the email look at the letter and just be like fuck no <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, like there are some definite do's and don'ts. So I'll start with the don'ts. Okay. And then we'll start and then we'll go into the do's of when you're referring or like when you're trying to find some partners. One of the biggest don'ts and like it starts with understanding what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a huge following, you cannot ask for a lot. So if you say, for example, if you have under a thousand fans mm -hmm. on a platform like Instagram, what I would suggest doing 
is asking for the affiliate link first, like saying, you know, do you have any affiliates? Um, because then the company doesn't really have a lot to lose yeah. that's partnering with you. However, it gives you the ability to create content around their products, which is great for variety, all that kind of stuff. When you scale a little bit more and you have more followers, you're able to ask for a little bit more. So you can ask for like a monthly um, fee. Um, now, what what bracket range would you say for the, the followers or fans? Sorry. It, it really depends on the industry you're in because okay. um, some industries are far more interactive. Like if, for example, I'll use you as a, an example. Um, for you, I would say anywhere from 3,000 up to 10,000 because your followers are pretty actively engaged. Like when you do your social media, people are commenting and, you know, you're getting likes and, you know, they're the people who are looking to you to create something and show that, like give them guidance on how to do it. Okay. So it actually becomes a little bit more of an engagement game that you would want to play. So if you're getting... A, comments on your posts most of the time during the week if you are getting private messages asking about your stuff if you have an, a really high level of likes you mm -hmm. know I think we did one on your page a little while ago and you had a really like a lovely number of likes that came in yeah and yeah. Um, so that gives you leverage then when people are partners if you send out the letter they're going to come and look for that they're going to okay. see like oh okay like who is this person reaching out to me and what can they offer my business because when it when they're sharing their products with you they want to know that it's actually going towards something for growth for their company and so make sure that you have a high engagement and the way that you do that is you go and engage with other people on mm -hmm. those platforms because then your your stuff gets seen in their feed yeah so it's a little bit of an investment in time okay. and energy to go in and find people who, you know, may have a similar uh, client to you, similar interests, all that kind of stuff. And just start engaging with them, start building relationships with a lot of people. And then those relationships are what pay off when you reach out to partners because you can say, hey, listen, I've got, you know, I've got 5,000 followers and I average you know, 100 to 700 likes per post, and I am getting, you know, seven to 10 comments where I'm engaging with them, and there's a follow-up to a private message or things like this on, you know, five posts of my week, every week. Yeah. And so that's a really good way for a company to be like, hmm, okay, I am interested in potentially partnering with you or giving you an affiliate link or even paying you a little bit or giving you free product like yeah. that's that's oftentimes how people will start out is they'll get a little bit of free product to review and use in their shop and then share with people yeah and so that's that's a great place to start if you're in that 3500 to 10,000 mark when you break the 10,000 mark um, that is where a lot of doors will open up because you've reached an influencer status even you know even at 5,000 you're kind of in that micro influencer category mm -hmm. where a lot of people would look to you to share some of their products but um that ten thousand mark really opens up doors especially in terms of like settings on instagram or um facebook's not necessarily the same in terms of follower views however facebook does allow you to create the ads and stuff like that that you would want to share an affiliate link or a partnership yeah um so they're both really feasible for a important reason but um, 
things like Instagram really show you the followers and people will take stock in that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that, now that you say it, like I honestly have no idea how many people are following, following us on, uh, Facebook yet Instagram. It's, it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's like right front and center. Yeah. So did fa- Facebook didn't always used to be like that though. They, is that something they changed? Cause I thought for, no, it was how many likes you got on a, on something that's what it Mm -hmm. it was right yeah okay and so what the way facebook is structured is like it'll tell you if you go to a facebook page it'll tell you how many followers you have the problem is is on facebook a lot of people are moving uh, they're not moving away from pages but the because of the algorithm and the way that facebook is structured it definitely favors groups now but it's still really important to have a Facebook page because that is how you can run advertising and you can capitalize on growing those communities. Because if the Facebook platform in the back end is very, very intelligent. So when you go into Instagram and you have a really large following, you can access the ads for Instagram through the Facebook ads manager. And so you can capitalize on your large community on Instagram, but you do it through Facebook. So yeah. you need it and you need a page to do that. Well, so they're, they're all owned by Facebook. Now exactly. you open up Instagram and it says Instagram brought to you by Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Same with WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just important to know what you're using each platform for. Okay. Um, but what the beautiful part of partnerships in Facebook is that you have all the metrics right yeah. in front of you if you're doing ads. So your partners oftentimes will want to see how your ads are converting, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, did you get it in front of how many people and what was your click-through rate um, to your website, that kind of thing. Um, We have a client right now who we ran a few ads to get more eyes on their website. Yeah. And you can do it for a really, really efficient price. Like, I think we had um, almost a 1,000 website views to announce that they were launching a new product and i think we spent 16 dollars. holy shit and so it opens the doors of getting people's eyes on uh eyes on to things yeah so no it was not you oh okay <laughs> well j- 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 just the reason <laughs> yours actually probably was higher because we have done i just haven't taken a look at your back-end views on your website the click-throughs yeah so yeah because the the other day like it's slowed down, but I've noticed like so the the post was for the welder racks. Yep. And when you first did it, it was just like, what? Like I remember sitting there first thing in the morning, like opening up my phone, and it's just like, whoa, <laughs> what the hell? And I got a text like, message that morning. <laughs> yeah, there was like what was it like sixty or seventy clicks on it, and it was yeah. just like, this is the most I've ever had at one time. Mm-hmm. Like this is insane. And then a couple hours later. Another 60 or 70. A couple hours later, there was 96. And, like, I'm not saying, for, for people listening, I just want to clarify. It's not, like, every time it was, like, you know, 20 and then 5 and then 10. and Like, no, this was, like, a consistent. There was, like, 70-something and then 80-something and another 80 and then another 90. And then now the, it's starting to ease off because mm-hmm. I think the sponsor time or whatever it's called – is that the right term yeah yeah your ad will be ending like the where you're boosting it yeah yeah so the boost is coming to an end but or already has but i'm they're still trickling in 
and it's just like we're knocking on the door 2000 like likes on this and it's just like mm-hmm. holy crap so in my mind like I, I i've i'm still trying to wrap my head around correction correction i'm still trying to fully appreciate the how likes and thumbs up and all that other stuff works on social media because for tangible things it's nothing but and bruno my coach and i we were talking about this and he's like no man it's, it's something i'm like shut the fuck up let me <laughs> let, let me get my thought out let me get my thought out and he's like okay okay and i'm like it, it's it's not money coming in the door but you said it was something like 10 or 12 times somebody sees something before they buy it yeah exactly it's yeah. it takes the average person 12 exposures to a product before they actually consider even buying it exactly yeah so uh, out of those almost 2000 likes how many people are are at like 10 or 11 views now and you know we're getting we're getting there mm-hmm. so i i it's it's the baby steps is what it is yep. so if you think that this is this is stupid and you know social media marketing is never going to be a thing of the future you need to open your eyes guys <laughs> it's um it really is important because you can scale a lot of things for a very very minimal cost however i need to preface this it is not just about going and boosting a post you have like the reason why that boost boosted post was so effective is because we targeted it yeah and we know your ideal client and we actually have two subcategories and for that boosted post i cross-referenced what would bring those two together okay and so that's what's cool about why that one had such great metrics and so it really reflected that we knew who would engage with it Mm -hmm. because to get a like means somebody who has not seen your stuff before looked at your stuff and liked it which therefore now puts them into our queue of the people who will engage with our stuff so now when we um not only when we share new products or we want to announce something or things like that these people are in the queue that they're more likely to engage with us mm-hmm. and or facebook you have knows a sale coming online exactly and facebook knows that and so we're actually closer to them next time and we've already put our brand in there like we've planted the seed yeah you know i don't know if you guys are like this i like i have been debating a fossil watch forever and fossil knows this like i've said it out loud and so it's on my phone now and so fossil is probably in my feed at least six or seven times a day (laughs) and i tell you i go on to fossil like quite often and i will buy like i will but it it, it's that repetition and continuing to bring your products your brand to the peace of mind so it's really really it's important to do like Mm. it's but you have to know who you're talking to yeah oh yeah yeah i mean put it in layman's terms if you're sitting there and you're selling like superchargers and freaking like you know 110 octane fuel you're not gonna walk into like a flower expo and being like <laughs> i got superchargers <laughs> race fuel you, you're, not, it, you're you're literally talking to the wrong crowd and you're gonna piss people off <laughs> exactly exactly and that's like really truly like if you're that's why it's so important to know who your ideal client is like in any realm yeah because partnerships sponsorships um 
any kind of sales, things like that, when you know who you're talking to and what problems you solve for them, that takes 90% of the challenge out. Like, you know, so, and now more than ever, especially with things like social media, we are able to connect with that person way easier. Um, So it is important to take advantage of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you can, you can have, well, we use TMR for example. We're, we're selling their products or actually that might not be a good example because we're doing drop shipping through them. We're not affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could use ISO tunes. There we go. ISO tunes. Yeah. Perfect example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. ISO tunes is like, it's for, you know, you're working in the shop. You want to have music or something on. Like, I think we actually even shared a post and one of your followers had said, man, if I didn't have my headphones in and yeah. it was quiet the whole time, I'd go crazy while I was working, you know? And so knowing that that's part of what makes your ideal client buy, then we use that messaging, right? And we know that ISO tunes is also for the same guy who's buying your parts from veteranwelding.com. Yeah. So it really is like, it's, it's such a cool thing. Like I'm kind of a marketing nerd. So, um, I think it's super cool. Well, and I really love, like, there's something special about being able to connect a client to a product that will really help solve a problem. Yeah. And so, like, you know, for you, for example, who doesn't, like, I just picture the guy who's working on his truck or, like, working on his car, and he's just, like, in all his glory. Like, that's just where he goes to, like, chill out, and it's where his brain just processes all the things in the day, and it's, like, his happy place. Yeah. And so it's cool that then we get to help that guy's happy place be that much more enjoyable. And so that's what makes my job fun. That's probably why I'm so nerdy at it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I totally get it because when you can sit there and you you can zone everything out, it just, this is going to be cheesy, but it's almost magical Mm -hmm. because then it's, you get so much done and the, the thought highway in your mind gets a lot more efficient. I don't know how to properly explain it, but like for me, like if I'm, so the reason I like, one of the many reasons why I like ISO tunes, especially the model I have, is they sit there and they, they only go up to, I think it's like 82 decibels or something like that. So it's not loud. So like if you, you sit there and you're like, you, you walked into the shop, you raised your voice a little bit, I'd be able to hear you. Or I, I, I would know, wait a second, that's that that's an off sound, you know. Oh, it's Chewy, okay. But what I'm getting at is, like, you can, I, I need something. I need, I, I need a constant rhythm or a constant sound to just mellow out to. So, like, for, for example, if I'm doing TIG welding or I'm studying, I have... Agnes Opal on like repeat and anybody <laughs> I do not know who Agnes Opal is <laughs> okay so it's it, it is like philharmonics type oh, stuff it. like where it's it's a lot of piano a lot of cello um, stuff like that and she plays at venues like the theater in Pompeii mm. so it, it's very mellow music and I need that so I can sit there and it just kind of like harnesses or not harness kind of like bridles me to i don't know if that's the right term either 
it focuses my attention to one staying calmer two i can focus more and three because it's something that i I listen to all the time i'm not listening to it loud Mm -hmm. but it's enough that it's just there all right Mm -hmm. it just lets me focus now if i sit there and i put on like my on spotify there if i put on like my top 10 for the week or whatever like that it is it's heavy (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's a completely opposite end of the spectrum, and I cannot pump out the same product then as I do when I listen to something calm. So having something where it's like, okay, keeping you calm, keeping you focused, the whole nine yards, it might sound like hogwash, but at the end of the day, for me personally, like I need it. I need to hear something, even if it's just I can't make out what they're saying, but I know somebody's talking. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, all right, now I can focus. Now I can do this. Now I can do that. Mm-hmm. If not, I'll just walk around being like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> it's, do am I supposed to sweep the dirt floor? Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's funny because I'm the same way. So I grew up in a house. I have three brothers. There's always noise, you yeah. know, like all of these things. And my husband always bugs me because... I'll be like, can you just throw a show on in the background so I can get this done? And he is the exact opposite. Like, if he wants to get something done, it's got to be quiet. He's got to be able to focus. But for me, I need to distract my sub, like my subconscious so that I can actually get what I need to get done. Yeah. And But I'm the same as you where it needs to be kind of like almost mundane or like that I'm not really paying attention to it. But it's just drawing enough attention so that the creativity can flow here and not have anything in the way yeah so i get it i was reading a correction i wasn't reading a book i was listening to a podcast and these guys were talking about habits of like the super rich and wealthy and apparently that is one of them like we like you have to have some like if you want to be creative you have to have something on in the background Mm -hmm. yeah correction they have to have something on in the background and it's just like all right well I'm, I'm already showing some of these habits. So it's like, okay, here we go. That's a, like one of my favorite sayings is like, if you want what they have, you have to do what they do. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like success leaves clues. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, it's, I, I like the ISO tunes actually. Like I've looked at some of their gear since working with you. And I think, you know, when you find partners that you really appreciate their quality and their, um, their products, it can be a long-term relationship because you also enjoy using the product like it makes your life easier and so as people you grow your community and people start to like know you and trust you then they see products like that so it's it's just mutually beneficial for everybody yeah and i love it yeah no the the only thing i don't like about it about them is the case that they come in Mm -hmm. there's magnets in it so like the, like when I take my the earbuds out and I put it in, there's a there, there's an extremely satisfying click <laughs> that it's engaged and it's just like oh yeah, and then when you close the lid, click. But every spot where it clicks, there's magnets. Oh. So like I'll be sit. It doesn't matter where I put. I should, probably should put the case in a pla- Ziploc plastic bag when I'm not using it. But like there's fine d- dust getting into it. Oh. And honestly, I've noticed this for a while now, and it's just like. I'm kind of surprised they haven't shit the bed. Oh, really? Yeah, because just the amount of like the and, it, and it, it's not like chips. It's like that super super fine silty stuff. Yeah, and it's just like, how is this not destroying this yet? Like, how is this <laughs> blow it off and away you go? But it, they get it's a well built piece of kit. Essentially, mm. is what I'm getting at. Cool. But, 
So what you like is that they're really well built, or what you don't like is that they're too well built. That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm, ju- I'm just surprised. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm just begging you. Yeah. I know, I know. No, I. it's funny because like little details like that when you're in like you know working with a partner or things like that that's the kind of thing that you share on social oh yeah like it's like that's something that your your ideal client might not even know exists because they're like oh i you know i work with that stuff every day and if that can stand up to what i do it's just that another level so it's it's cool to be able to take those pieces that's why partnerships work so great because you're getting to see products in real world scenarios you're hammering the shit out of them exactly yeah and like you know especially for you this is a really great example because your ideal client is going to hammer the shit out of stuff exactly so he wants to see that it's going to stand up or she and like you want like you want to be able to show that so that then they go buy it yeah mm-hmm. cool really? yeah well, I think we've hit the nail on the head repeatedly. <laughs> I think so, too. I think all these people listening are going to go out and get, like, some really awesome partnerships. <laughs> Although, did we, do the, did we do the do's of partnerships? I think we covered. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Well, well play it safe. Bullet point us. Recap? Yeah. Okay. So, the do's of partnerships are make sure that you have products that are aligned with your ideal client. Yep. Um offer things that are within your capability. So know what you have to offer to somebody. Don't over exaggerate anything. Be honest about who you are. Um, And then the other do is just like, you never know till you're gonna, until you ask. Like the worst that somebody's gonna say is no. And that's totally fine because it still creates an awareness about you that they may come back and like reach for later, so. It really is like dating. It is like dating. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, dating and cars. Like, this is the greatest thing. Partnerships and sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I I would say those are my biggest dues. Like, you know, do your research. Make sure you know who you're who you talk to and really connect with them and take the time to like build that relationship you're laughing right now because it's it's so true it is like it It is is. like dating she she might say no the first time but now she's looking at you and she's (laughs) like ah okay you you make her aware of all your good good qualities and then she's gonna slowly come over because she takes 10 to 12 exposures to say yes (laughs) appropriate exposure (laughs) oh yeah yeah. Note, I just meant that she got to know you 10 to 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going so in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll throw a pin in it there. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll have, we'll be having Julie, we're we'll having you back on the show again. We'll be talking about um, influencer marketing. Thank you, influencer marketing. And where can people find you in the meantime? They can find me at Julie Wheeler on Facebook. Uh, I have a page there. Um, or you can just give me a shout out if you need. Uh, Julie at juliewheeler.com if they have any questions in regards to partnerships or anything like that. Feel free to send me an email. Groovy. Um, yeah, you know where you can find us. You can find us at the Veteran Welding Podcast and veteranwelding.company.ca. Anyway, guys, I will catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Stay focused. Vetro Welding is your go-to site for your off-road fabrication needs. 
Need some race tested brackets, tabs, and trusses for your daily driver? Weekend trail rig or your full tube chassis? Veteran Welding has you covered. Need advice on which parts you should use for your project rig? Veteran Welding has you covered. Or do you want to learn how to weld, but you can't find anybody to teach you because you really want to start expanding your skill set for either work or your personal projects at home? Veteran Welding now has you covered with our online courses. Currently, we offer a TIG 101 course and we'll be adding a MIG 101 soon. For all of your off-road fabrication needs, head on over to veteranweldingcompany.ca. Hey everybody, if you're enjoying this show, please consider heading over to Patreon and supporting this channel. Doesn't matter how much you decide to support us with, it all goes straight into the show so we can sit there and spend more time on here helping you guys out, whether it's bringing you more interviews, talking to industry leaders, systems that we are developing, putting into place, helping you develop systems, manage your team. That's what we're here for, guys, is to help you out. So please, if you are getting value out of this, head on over to Patreon and help support us.